Blog Talk Radio. I will break your ass in half, you little shithead. Yep. The genesis of Magilla Cuddy. are back in the saddle, so the Atomic Drop Show rides again on Blog Talk Radio. Did you miss me? Oh, how I have missed you. You can talk a little wrestling with us by calling 619-924-9761. You're going to give me what I want. I've been asking for it for years. And now, once again, here are your hosts, Justin Todd and Kyle Cruz. Paul, speak up to Love that music. Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you back to the Atomic Drop Show. I am your charming curlful and oh-so-handsome host, Justin Time, and alongside me all the way out in the hurricane-driven wasteland known as Orlando is my co-host, Kyle Cruz. Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing considerably well, uh, considerably uh, less desolate than than uh, what you just made Orlando out to be, we didn't really get hit. So, uh, you know, we did survive this one. Uh, shout out to uh, to all of those people who, uh, who are uh, going to get it. Uh, unfortunately, it has moved northward to the Carolinas and beyond, but hopefully it stays uh, mostly offshore. Obviously, thoughts and prayers go out to those wonderful people in the Bahamas who have suffered a lot. But as for me... I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, I have I have gone through about 75% of my hurricane snacks. I am on this <laughs> hurricane diet. and uh, But I'm in a good mood. I'm ready to talk a little wrestling, man. How you been? It's been a minute. You know what? It's been a minute. Uh, it's, uh, I feel bad that we couldn't have a show last week. But in the spirit of the 90s, we kept it psycho. We kept it Sid. We had none other as a throwback episode of Psycho Sid. One of our very first episodes, whenever we decided to start doing podcasts. And let me tell you, Sid was a hell of a guest going back and re-listening to that. Yeah, Sid was actually one of my favorite guests, man. Uh, he was extremely candid. Uh, and, and and you know what? Like, just as a fan, like, I just had to throw it out there. Like, I was terrified of Sid as a kid. Like, I thought he was the scariest dude. Like, and, like, just even watching, you know, uh, like, these retro Raws and watching, um, uh, like, these in-your-house shows, like, just his eyes and, like, just his overall vibe, I thought he was, like, the meanest dude on the planet. But actually speaking to him, he was a really nice guy, uh, smart fella, had a had a pretty good mind for the business. And, uh, yeah, it was just uh, uh, a wonderful throwback and one of many uh, bullets in the chamber of our archives here at the Atomic Drop Show. This is very, very true. And believe it or not, we are, well, I'm trying to play on uh, Facebook Live right now. So I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to get used to it. So my first time ever trying to do Facebook Live. Technology, right, ladies and gentlemen. a little bit different. It is, it is, it is phenomenal. So if you want to join on the fun, uh, I am currently live. So, 
to uh, Facebook Live. Or also, if you want to say, forget Facebook Live. How about you call in? 3-6-1-9-2-4-9-7-6-1. That's it. Yes, I'm going to slow down for you. Echo code 619 we hate Mysterio 9 I do want to give a, a big uh, shout-out to our Canadian fan. Uh, props to Canada. We, uh, Kyle, you were yeah, almost at the epitome of Canada when you came up to Rochester earlier this month. Almost made it to Canada, almost there. I mean, like I was right there on the border. Uh, the next time, and there will be a next time, shout out to Vader, uh, there will be a next time. I might actually uh, have to cross that border into Niagara Falls, Canada, or, you know, like just, I like I have to go on the other side because I've only gone south. I've never gone north. So uh, Canada, whether it's, 2020 or whenever it whenever it needs to be it's going to happen and uh yeah canada i'm coming for you there you go you heard it from the man the myth the legend Kyle Cruz himself how right. are, we got a lot to talk about uh give a quick look down uh paper was saturday we've got a brand new aew champion uh he uh, may have had a little bit too much bubbly, and uh, <laughs> may have something something crucial. That's up to your opinion. Uh, Chris Chico is your new EW champion. Cody Rhodes also with the victory as well. Had a had a pretty uh, had a release to own AEW. Kylie Ray was uh, was granted her release as well. I'm sure we will sit there and cover all of them. Uh, also, forgot about uh, Kenny Omega Pac, too. Damn good match right there, if you ask me myself. Yeah, so uh, uh, All Out was just an incredible show, top to bottom. I mean, do you want to talk about just all the uh, crazy matches? Obviously, um, the triple threat match with Joey Janela, Darby Allen, uh, and... Uh, 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 and Jimmy Havoc, the Cracker Barrel Crash or Cracker Barrel Clash, that was in- incredible. You have one one of the greatest ladder matches of all time in the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. Um, obviously, Chris Jericho becoming the first ever AEW champion and having a little bit of the bubbly. Uh, one of the uh, highlights of everything uh, this past weekend. Um. Just uh, a ton of wrestling. New Japan uh, had a show. Uh, uh, you had NXT UK. Just a ton of great wrestling on these days. And I've said it for months now, you know, since returning back to the air. We have uh, an overabundance of good wrestling. And there is no reason why... Uh, why, if you're a fan, there isn't something out there to float your boat. Like, like something out there is exactly what you want as a wrestling fan. But all out, I would give it. Uh, I'd probably give it about an eight. Um, not a perfect show, but a very good one, top to bottom. That is a, a very great right there. Stuff. Yep, there you go. Hey, what back? 
Justin. Uh, there you are. Hey, um, welcome hey. back. Hey, hey. So uh, I'm actually going to duck out for the moment. Uh, I'm going to call right back in because there is technical difficulties on my end. Just give me a few seconds and I will call you right back. Just All right. We'll look forward to your return. All right. I'll, I'll catch you soon. There you go. Well, there goes Kyle Cruz, but with with Kyle without Kyle Cruz, I can tell you one thing for certain. Kyle Cruz loves using uh, re- re- Reload Rub. Reload Rub is a spot here of the Atomic Drop Show, and I can personally tell you that Reload Rub is a fantastic rub. We are proud sponsors of uh, personal favorite pack and heat. If you go to reload.com and use the promo code atomic drop, you will re- you will receive ten dollars or excuse ten dollars ten percent off. Oh boy, am I butchering this? And ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when you take a week off, sit there and you flub everything. Your co-host leads you. You kind of kick to the curb and you're kind of just left dra- dragging all around. Uh, however. Yes, ReloadRub.com. Use the promo code the Top Show, and you will save yourself ten percent. Ladies and gentlemen, he is back. How can I not love that music, Spanishly? You know what? I might just have to like just keep calling back in, just keep hanging up and and calling back in because the sweet sounds of Herb Alpert, Spanishly, there's nothing like it in the world. I freaking love this song. But as you were mentioning, Reload Rub, I put it on everything. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show, I am, you know, however many percent through my hurricane diet. That hurricane diet that did not include any, any kind of fresh meat. So I didn't bust out the grill. I didn't do anything like that. All right. Like, I wish I could have, but I did not. However, we're going to hit the market tomorrow. And we are going to to load up on on all the fish, on all the steak, on all the beef, all the pork, all the goodness, all the chicken. We're going to get it all. And then you best believe I'm going to put all of that reload rub all over those puppies, man. Uh, go ahead. Save yourself a little bit of cash. Order it up, man. Like, I, I mean, we've been talking to you about it for weeks. Todd Orndorff has been telling you for I don't know how like how long it's been. What are you waiting for? Hop on the board. Reloadrub.com. Get on it. You know what? I can uh been the pack and personal favorite. Uh the their uh was it their garlic uh herb the garlic herb uh, spice. Phenomenal. Yes. Very That's fantastic. Very garlicky, very spicy. I love it. It goes with almost anything. I made it on rice. I I know I said a couple of weeks ago I like putting it on rice. I dig rice and butter. I'm a pure cracker. I'll say it. But <laughs> it's probably the whitest meal I will ever eat. But butter phenomenal with the egg and heat herb. Uh, with I I want to say it is. I don't want to screw this up here with uh, crushed red pepper. Oh, man. Sounds so good, dude. 
right, it, look, it, I've already it, had dinner. It does sound so, doesn't it? I've already had dinner, but you're gonna make me like want to like fire something up now just because it, it it's it, it really is life changing. You know, Mrs. Cruz did say that these rubs and the packing heat, like it the, it, it 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 was it's life changing stuff. So again, what are you waiting for? You you need this. You really do. And trust me, we're not just saying this. We truly believe in it, uh, and I have been a a believer ever since I got my hands on some about a month ago. Again, what are you waiting for? Reload rub. Put it on everything. It is an absolute game changer. Whoa. Always, always phenomenal. But you know also phenomenal? What's that? This man. Oh, Jimmy, happy man. belated birthday, sir. Happy belated birthday, hey, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're not talking about AJ Styles here either, all right? No, sir, no, sir. There's only one phenomenal one in my books, and you are it. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you so much. How you guys doing, all right? Miss- doing fantastic. I uh, felt a little bad that last week we had some technical difficulties, couldn't make it through, however, and I am just ecstatic that you were able to join us this week on the Atomic Drop Show. Yeah, so I'm very happy to be here, just getting out of work, uh, you know, just pulled another classic 10-hour uh, day, and uh, here we are now. Hey, Justin, are you there? I'm here. Well, hey, Jimmy. All right. Well, all right. So it looks like Justin has has jumped off the line. That's perfectly fine, though. Jimmy, I got to ask you, man. All right. So I'm not going to grill you, uh, you know, about your birthday and all that kind of stuff. I just want to get down to business. Did you happen to catch any wrestling this week? Did you watch Raw or SmackDown or AEW or sports? As a matter of fact, did you actually go to to AEW? Because I thought you were you were supposed to go there, right? Yeah, I had tickets for it, but unfortunately, due to some uh, you know some scheduling conflicts, uh, I wasn't able to go. Um, but I was able to sell my tickets. Uh, thankfully, and um, you know, and so I didn't lose. I didn't lose out on them. Um, it was a little bit of a pain in the ass. Unfortunately, I got paper tickets, you know, because I want. I wanted the original ticket stub, you know, and I was very confident that I was going to go. So, unfortunately, I had to. I had to let them go, and I had to. I had to let them go for less than I wanted to sell them for. But uh, I was just happy that I didn't end up eating them and losing all the money on them. So, you know, can't can't you can't beggars can't be choosers, you know. That's true, man. I mean, I'm I'm glad that that it at least worked out in that way. It sucks you couldn't be there live, but did you happen to uh, to to watch any like just 
any of the show, any clips that are, you know, online or I, on paper? I, 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 I did. I actually was able to stream it. I didn't get out of work that night till about, like, 9 o'clock. So I started watching pretty much, like, from 9 until the end. So I was kind of disappointed that – I was kind of disappointed that Pac and uh, and Omega were on early. You know, I figured they would have had the crap undercards first. Uh, you know, and um, but but um, I did catch it all out. And I have to say, man, you know, I'm just happy that I didn't go. <laughs> so you weren't a fan? Uh, I didn't think it was horrible. I just I think for all the trash that they're talking, I, I don't I don't think they delivered. Well, well now 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 look, I am no AEW apologist. As a matter of fact, I am probably more of a WWE apologist than than anything. But when you say they are talking all this trash, like what kind of trash are they talking? Like like, like how how like what kind of things are they saying? I'm not talking about fans, just because fans. They kind of build up their own expectations, but no, what are I'm they not talking about saying? fans. But 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 the fact that Jericho and and the Young Bucks keep on bringing up WWE is just like they're they're diminishing. I feel like they're not doing themselves any justice. Like you know, sure. Um, sure. you know, my my personal philosophy in business is that if I'm worried about somebody else, then I have an insecurity in my product. And they don't mm. need to talk. They don't need to talk down when they did the whole oh, uh, you know, Moxley's out. What are we gonna do? You know what I mean? Uh, oh, should we change it to a triple threat? Oh, that's too WWE. Like that's just unnecessary. And then Jericho to do his nonsense talk about NXT and all this stuff. It's just like I just don't find there's a need for it. Is my point, which means I find that it diminishes it diminishes them with me. Because I just don't think they need to talk down to somebody in order to make themselves look better, and I'm, I mean, I'm, and I'm saying that that way with my, with my, with, with me too. I don't need to talk down about somebody to make myself look bigger or better or better. And so that style for me, I, I don't, I don't really care for it. Um, you know, the WCW days are over. Okay, um, you know, and and all that nonsense about you know. With that they did back in the day, that's fine. There was a war, you know. You had some serious big names, serious, serious. I mean, that 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 started coming after after Nash and Hall jumped. These are that's some that's that's some monumental stuff. Okay, Johnny Moxley coming over is it, it can't even light a candle to the to the outsiders. You know what I mean? And I feel that the comparison and them downing them continually is only. Lowering their value in my eyes. That's a hard to disagree. Yeah, hard to disagree, man. You know what I mean? Like, so when you, when, so for me, this all stems back to even my way uh, of operating business. If I give somebody an expectation when someone says, hey, how's your food? If I tell them it's the best they ever had before they ever had it, that's me raising the bar to the highest level. Which means I better score. I better hit a grand slam here, or I'm going to be in trouble. Now, if I said, which 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 my philosophy is, it I am my answer to to to, to that question is it's it's your job to be the food critic. It's my job to make the food. So you know what I mean. So it, it, 
I think that with the way they talk and the way they keep on talking trash, you know, I feel that they're just shooting themselves in the foot. And I don't, and I feel that when you give somebody such a high expectation and you do a great job, great's not good enough when you have a high expectation. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and another thing, too, yeah. I just thought that the Young Bucks match was is annoying because to sit there and do the same move side by side like you're in a mirror, okay, I just thought that was tacky. I didn't care for it. Um, you know what I mean? So that's that. I'm not a hater of any kind. I just don't think Jericho – I don't think Jericho right now is even one is even fifty percent of what he was at any point in WWE. Wow. I don't think that he. Take, I don't think. Me. I I don't think that he is coming. Like every time he showed back up on that television screen, he reinvented himself. Whether it was the list, whether it was you know uh, corporate Jericho, good guy Jericho, bad guy Jericho. And not only that, but he was always the kind of guy that no matter what he said, he made it work, okay? And I feel the same way about Ric Flair for a very long time, except Ric Flair right now can't cut a promo. He, can, you know, he, he has just as trouble breathing as he does cutting a promo, okay? No. And I feel that, I feel that, um, I feel that Jericho right now, honestly, I just, I don't, I don't, you know, I think the thank me part is okay. You know, I I will give him credit that he always he always has something. I just personally don't feel that um, I don't feel the aura of Jericho like I used to. And like I said, and maybe it has to do with this high expectation, with this, you know, with you know. But for him to sit there and talk down to NXT, for those guys to talk down to WWE, it's kind of like. Listen, man, if it wasn't for those guys, you guys would never have had a reason to do what you're doing right now. You know what I mean? So find it thankful that they that they have been dropping the ball and that they haven't been on their A game, which is giving them the opportunity to do what they're doing. So so uh, allow me to present a counterpoint. Okay, so um, Jericho is one of the smartest guys in the business, right? We all know Hands that, up. and I think we Hands we up. can all. I mean, okay. So, what if Jericho is completely basing this character? I mean, we're talking like all of his scripted promos, all all the things he does on on social media, his interviews. You know, with him talking about he doesn't uh, know anybody in NXT, and you know, and all this kind of stuff. What if Jericho's whole ca- character? is he is WWE. He is the personification of WWE. Because think about it. Jericho demands everybody outside of himself to thank him for being the pioneer, for for being the greatest thing to ever happen to wrestling, right? You know, he's going to go around and he's going to act like like nobody else exists. You know, like Vince McMahon, you know, like he's going to pretend that, that AEW doesn't exist. He always pretended like like TNA never existed. Jericho is doing the same thing. So we always know Jericho is always, always in character. 
what if this is just really, really meta Jericho? And he's, I mean, he's clearly trolling us, but he's doing it on on a different kind of level. Now, I, I, I'll say this. All of the hype from Cody and the Bucks and Jericho to a certain extent, sure. It's a little thick, but when you have, honestly, the amount of money and and the television deal and everything that's behind AEW, you kind of do have to talk yourself up because people have been let down before by TNA, by, you know, uh, by you can the talk other yourself, started companies. You, 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 you don't have to talk down somebody else to talk yourself up is my point. But, but, but then here's the thing. I mean, look, you – okay, yes. Generally speaking, I agree. But what's the point in in pretending WWE doesn't exist? We all know there there is a large chunk of wrestling fans who love wrestling who just don't like WWE. So why I understand not... that. I understand that, and they can and they can talk down about them without putting their name in there. You know what I mean? Like I get that whole thing. Like like okay, so when they said, "Oh, let's turn it into a triple threat match." And they're like, oh, that's too WWE. Um, the response could have, you could have t- said WWE without saying WWE. And, that's, and, that, and, and that, to me, would be a lot, better, uh, a lot better storytelling than completely just going, you know, giving them, first of all, putting their name on air, okay, which I think is just stupid. But how about the response be, man, that, that, that sounds like every other main event pay-per-view we've seen the last 10 years. Okay, that right there says WWE without saying WWE. But 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 then but then there would be criticism of of like if you're gonna take the shot anyway, just name them. I mean, like people already know who you're talking about. So 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 who are they? I just think I just, in, in my opinion, in my opinion, I just think it lowers the value. That's all. I mean, understandable. you know, let, understandable. Let, let the consumer, let the consumer do the talking, you know what I mean, in, the, in, in that department, as far as, you know what I mean, if you're going to sit there and do a character and, you know, kayfabe and all that stuff, talk down to your opponent. Like, you're fighting an opponent, okay, so this is too WCW when it came to, like, trying to put Vince out, like, con- like, and look what happened. It consumed them, and it overall took away from the product, the brand, and what could have been. Because Bischoff came in every week, and his not, he didn't care what was going to be on the show. He wanted to know, is Vince out of business yet? And, you know, and that's what I'm trying to say. Is like That was the demise of WCW at the end. If he wasn't so concerned about Vince McMahon the whole time, and just worried about his own product and what he's doing, maybe he could have not let the NWO get, get stale. Maybe he could have, like, had something more for Goldberg. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what I'm getting at over here, and I think it's a recipe for disaster. Well, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, it's a very hot take. I, I think that... You do make some good points. I just and, and I'm not saying I'm 100. I'm not saying 100 percent right. I just my whole point 
is is that they can get they can have done everything they did and probably done it better in in in, in without having to bring them up you know so so then how would you attract disenchanted fans who who were at some point WWE fans cuz you know cuz let's be honest like it, i mean even if you even if you grew up in the south or 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 just anywhere and you I, and you I'm watch you. WCW I'm, I'm, you, I'm, I'm 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 with you on that man what I'm trying to tell you is is that they could do it without saying the brand they can do it without saying the name like they can get their point across how come Rollins got his point across uh, he he said Dean Ambrose without saying Dean Ambrose on Monday, okay? Like, you know, there's a way of doing it. Like I like I gave you the example. Like but, see, instead but, of saying that's to WWE, you know, but you know, and, and so here's the thing. Here, here's the here's the main difference is that WWE is the top dog, undisputed. They are number one, the, uh, like, and they are number one by a wide margin on the global scale. What you have, New Japan maybe, and then after that, what Impact, Ring of Honor? Yeah, I mean, who? I mean, like when you have a distant number one, of course Seth Rollins, uh, you know, of course any, uh, you know, like any WWE talent, they're like they have no reason to mention anybody not on their level just because they are so far ahead. AEW does have this mountain to climb. Yes, they have uh, uh, a significant head start just because of how much infrastructure they do currently have. But but they're still like okay. they're still a distant number two. So yeah, like what's okay. the what's the harm yeah, in mentioning the the number when, one company when when WWF was a distant number two. Okay, and this was way and this was way after the 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 uh, the wrestling, uh, hugster and the nacho man like that was like that was that was they were still neck to neck when they did all that nonsense uh, McMahon and that was out of McMahon that was a uh, that was desperation, that was mm-hmm. desperation out of McMahon. Okay, right. From that point on, when did you see McMahon on a weekly basis? Being a far number two, not not even close, far for 83 weeks, okay? How many times did he sit there and, 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 and talk down WCW? Okay, he didn't, but you had Jim okay. Cornette. So, hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second. Okay. So, so, it's now, as a number two, they concentrated on building their brand, their people, their characters. And they didn't need to talk anybody down to make themselves look better because they were better. So if these guys are as good as they say they are, you don't need to talk anybody else down. You don't need to bring them up to to, 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 to bring more business over. Like... The wrestling, the wrestling smarts, okay, mm-hmm. are there already. They've been waiting for it for a long time. So I just find that they are gaining nothing, and I know I'm not the only guy who feels this way. 
So I would have zero to complain about right now, honestly. That's my only complaint about the whole thing. Not even complaint. That's like my the only downside, I feel. So mind you how much more positive traction they would be getting right now if they, they, they gained nothing. They gained zero by Jericho gained nothing but making himself look like a, like a clown. Uh, well, I, well, I don't know anybody in NXT. Like, like, unnecessary. Like, this guy, you know, McMahon and everything, like, he, he talked about having a great relationship with him. You know what I mean? And, 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 like, you know, never planned on leaving and then got a taste of New Japan. And, of course, you know, uh, I, I would do the same thing Jericho is doing right now, too. Like, I'm not about the culture. And I think, I think Dean Ambrose is, is – I'm glad that he got out of that culture. And I'm not a fan of McMahon's culture at the moment. I want to make that very clear right now. But these guys – I'm falling back to my own process here. I don't need to make anybody out – when I wasn't number one at what I was doing, I did not need to make anybody else look bad to make myself look better. That's my only point. And, and 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 now the form is all yours. So you know, I think right we are looking have like a mic drop. Hey, I, I mean, you can do a mic drop if you want to, but I'm about to pick this mic up just because I think we're looking at things here from this overall perspective with the benefit of hindsight because the like just because the WWF won. Oh, in the trenches, nerds. and yes, it, hey, all right, fine, whatever, Bender, fine, cool. Okay, so look, I think we are looking at it just from this perspective of they won, you know, they just focused on on building their own characters and their own stars. Did they do that? Absolutely. Is AEW currently doing that? Yes. However, however, and I'm not talking about, you know, uh, in the new generation days where, where, where they had the, uh, you know, Nacho Man and the Huckster and all that kind of stuff. But they did have fake Razor, fake Diesel in 96. Okay, even later, when you had guys leave WCW and come back to the WWF, what was the first thing a lot of these guys did? They went on camera. And they did these live shoots on air. We're talking Jeff Jarrett. We're, we're talking about X-Pac, two guys who we're actually going to talk about. As a matter of fact, um, uh, I mean, like just, like, like, just all these guys come on Raw and shoot on Eric, you know, shoot on Eric Bischoff, shoot on, on, on the NWO, even guys like Chris Jericho, guys like, uh, like The Big Show where they would mention the competition. It would happen. And I think that that's fair game when you're the number two company. Because, look, every fan of a number two company knows knows the competition. Like, it, I, so, so, so I don't think there is any, there's any shame in mentioning the other company and drawing – upon the differences between you and the bigger number one company. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In fact, you want to bring up that company just so that you can make yourselves different. 
just because you can say, hey, they do this, we're not going to do that. You know, just because there are a lot, because like I said 20 minutes ago, there are these, these, these disenfranchised fans who, who loved the WWF at some point, whether it was the Attitude Era, whether it was in, in the mid-2000s or whenever it was. Fans who just don't like that style of wrestling anymore, whether they just outgrew it, whether it just got progressively worse, which a lot of people say it has, or whether it's stale or, or whatever it is. I think if AEW is going to position it, itself as doing something different, you kind of – there might be something to the effect or something good to, to the idea of letting your action speak for itself, but sometimes you also got to shout it from the rooftops. And right now, AEW is still early enough. It's still in, in its infancy stages. To, to where they can still afford to do that. Now, if we're talking like, like, like what TNA did, where where they're like five years in, seven years in, and they're still talking about, yeah, we're not like the WWF, but you know, but we're gonna go to war with them and you know, and do all that kind of stuff. Where 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 after all of that time, they should have their own legacy to stand on, at that point or by that point then I, like that is their own failing but when AEW is not even a year old they've yet to debut on television and they just need buzz they need anything like they just need eyeballs just because if cuz guaranteed somebody saw that Jericho interview and was like okay what's he talking about what what you know like like he's talking all this crap let me at least check out this AEW thing. And whether they liked the show or not, they got the attention. Attention which which they wouldn't have gotten otherwise if they didn't, sadly, keep WWE in their mouth. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with doing that right now. If you ask me again in a year, my answer might change. But for now, it's totally fair game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just think that if, like, Dean Ambrose doing what he did, like, that's cool. Like, I, I think I think him coming off and blowing steam and doing all that kind of stuff is cool. I will give you Jericho, you know, was asked about NXT, so clearly he's going to be a jackass and, you know, give a jackass answer. Um, sure. I just think I just don't think the part the 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 um like the one that's sticking with me is the one I talked talked about I the you know them talk, talking about you know uh, Moxley being out and how what are we gonna do and you know uh you know you know three you know uh, make it a triple threat no that's that's too WWE and you know and uh, you know I, I just I don't know man I just think that in in, in certain in certain situations. I think they gain nothing. Uh, I think that's, I, you know, I, I just think they gain nothing by it, you know. And, um, you know, as far as the guys coming back on Raw, like, you know, they just they just jump ship. Like, you know, you know, clearly, clearly, you know, uh, there's some beef. And, um, I mean, I get that. You know, um, in this situation, um, 
you know, uh, Cody, you know, he smashed the chair, the throne. Which I didn't like that. Uh, I, I like I hated that spot uh, at Double or Nothing. I uh, thought that was great. Well, but you have to understand that like it started with that, and then you keep on getting all this non unnecessary like like you know shots to the groin, you know. Um, and that's what I'm trying to. That's like all my point here is that you know I just find that these guys are are are, are concentrating on shots to the groin instead of just like. Going up on stage and fucking and 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 making them and and, and making people's jaw drop because that's going to do all the talking, not not this, all this other fucking nonsense. You know, that's yeah. like that's my point. That that's my point here. You got any thoughts about this, Justin? You know, I I, I had some, and then they were said, and then I had some more thoughts, and then those were said. So I really don't have anything else really to say. You pretty much said everything on both sides. Yeah. So, but I, I will say that honestly, if I if I took the trip to Chicago, I would I would have been upset. Uh, I mean, overall, I mean it, it it was it wasn't bad, but there was definitely some pretty bit. You know, there's some bad matches. You know, um, and uh, just the overall thing for me just wasn't. Uh, I, I thought Double or Nothing was pretty awesome. Not gonna lie, you know what I mean. Like, uh, but you know, I think what is gonna happen here is, you know, once it goes every week, you know, what I mean, and I know they said they're not gonna bring everybody on every week, and I'll be honest with you, I think that's really smart. Uh, I, I really like that idea. Um, you know, because, um, you know, it'll keep things fresh and, and we'll see where it goes with that. And I'm, and I'm, I'm excited where I'm excited to see where a lot of things are going to go, you know, pretty soon. Friday night Smackdown is, you know, on national television out of all places, you know, so like, you know, a lot of cool things are about to happen and, um, it's either going to make things really good or, you know. I, or it's just going to make uh, everyone continue to complain. Either way, it's going to be very exciting just because, you know, you have SmackDown, you have NXT, AEW, um, you have New Japan's continued expansion. You have the, the uh, just the complete, the complete raping and pillaging of the indies, but uh, there's like a lot of stuff going on in wrestling, and it is an exciting time. And if it, if nothing else, there's always going to be something to talk about every week. Um, I will say we must agree to disagree uh, on the AEW WWE talk thing, but um, it's always a pleasure to to uh, to debate these things with you even though we might not see eye-to-eye most times, and I do appreciate the conversations for it. Uh, I wouldn't say most times here. Come on now. Uh, Okay, all right, sometimes. Rarely. All right. Yeah, yeah, so no, it's all good. I mean, uh, I'm just like, you know, what what it comes down to is, is that these guys are putting themselves on a very high pedestal, so with me, like, you better deliver or... Because you're talking a lot of shit, and you're and you know, and you're you're talking more than walking, and and, and then elbow dropping, and 
like that to me is um you know yeah, I don't I don't really tell people I, I don't tell people what they want to hear. I I I show them what they want to see. Hmm. And I like that. Uh, yeah, you, you know, AEW is in this position where they have to deliver and they are going to get criticized every step of the way because they are going after the, the pun intended, the big dog in the WWE. Yeah, so, it's the Rex Ryan, it's the Rex Ryan shit over here, man. <laughs> like that. So, listen, boys, I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, and, you know, I can't wait to do it again next week. So, good job. Yes, sir, man. My pleasure. All right. And there he goes. Controversial. Always opinionated. Jimmy Z. Always opinionated. Always controversial. And, yeah, maybe I did overstep when I say we we disagree most of the time because I don't think we do but just on the items that we do disagree on they get pretty heavy but shout out to Jimmy Z always always a highlight of our week here on the Tommy Chop show so uh yeah and 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 I yeah. like I must ask I did ask yeah. I did ask whether he watched Raw or SmackDown. And he did not say he watched Raw or SmackDown. He did say he caught AEW. So I think oh. that I think that, that does prove my point, where even if he's not watching Raw and SmackDown, which, which, which every week he always says he doesn't, he did watch AEW. So I think that's due to all the controversy. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going like, to leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. But – you know, I, 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 you just got to look at the results. Don't look at the means, just the results. But speaking of results, in your house, 1995, in your house to the, the Lumberjacks, peak yes. new generation stuff, WWF, classic, not saying it's all that great, but it's, it's classic stuff. Yes, it was peak. It was awesome. It was pure 90s fashion. Just It was all 90s. Everything you rolled up, you had Eagle, you had Sid, you had Jarrett, you had Michaels. You had Bulldog and Lex Luger teaming up together. I never even knew they freaking teamed up together. The Allied Powers. That's right. Yes. Versus Yoko and Owen Hart. Which, Man, I, I was like, all right, I'm down. Yeah, I mean, I, just kind of morbid when you think of of who's associated, like just like all the men in that match. When you're talking about Mr. Fuji, uh, Yokozuna, Owen Hart, the British Bulldog, you know, um, obviously. Uh, all great in their roles, you know, all 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 time great uh, wrestlers and personalities and managers and such. Um, but man, 
to see them all in like in the ring together, uh, it was a, man, it was a treat. You know, once again, peak WWF at the time, <laughs> but uh, it but it was still a treat to go back and 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 see uh, you know several Hall of Famers and you know se- several legends, not just in that match, but on the entire show, just uh, reliving. Uh, a little bit of their glory days here in in, in uh, WWF 1995. Absolutely. Uh, and first of all, I do want to apologize. I had some technical difficulties on my end. For some reason, Blog Talk decided to disconnect my my uh, online phone call. <laughs> all of a sudden, I just got I I got the uh, dial tone hang up. Oh oh. I better call in. We were wondering like what ended up happening to you, but but uh, but we carried on and we got in, in, into a nice heated debate, as you saw. But uh, it, yeah, it, man, it's just blog talk being blog talk. Yeah, it's, it is what what it is with old with with good old blog talk, isn't it? With old bloggy, but. Yeah. Let us not jest or deter from where we are heading. Let us head to July 23rd, 1995. The first match up on the card was none other than, I want to make sure I got this right, it was the Roadie versus the 1-2-3 Kit. Hall of Fame contender match right here. Uh, I mean, so I'm not going to say... Hall of Fame, you know, but but look, for what it was, it was fine. You know, one one two three kids could could go. Uh, he could go with anybody, uh, and you know the roadie. I don't know if they if 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 they were like in the click yet. I'm not exactly sure how that worked, um, but obviously uh, they had I. I thought one of the better matches on the show, um, and it was a good opener. You, you know, like I was saying to you earlier, Justin, this uh, this night belonged to the roadie, Road Dog Jesse James, whatever he was going by at that time. The roadie, he ruled this night. He wrestled. He ended up singing. Spoiler alert. Uh, uh, he was managing. He he did all all this awesome stuff. So the roadie was my MVP for in your house too, the lumberjacks. I thought it was a good job. I I agree. Uh, the match was uh, fairly solid. Uh, pretty much my favorite quote we've ever said, which was "What a maneuver" by Mr. Uh, Vince McMahon, who was on commentary with Jerry Lawler who both were dressed up pretty much like uh, uh, Nashville natives because they, they, they started off with that sweet, sweet promo package of everything Nashville. It's, now, let me tell you, it's not as high-quality uh, video that we would get now with a WWE promo package, but for the 90s, it was very nostalgic, if you ask me. It was extremely nostalgic. Um, you know, and, and, and it, and just, I have to be honest, just watching, you know, Raw and SmackDown and, and, and various 
WWE events throughout the years. This is one of the few times where WWE uh, had embraced the South and, you know, like kind of Southern country culture because, you know, like now they don't really do much, you know, to advertise anything in the South unless you're in like Texas. But otherwise, they don't really do uh, like they don't really highlight too much of anything, you know, in in uh, Nashville or or Memphis, unless it's based around certain characters like like a Jerry the King Lawler, or maybe you'll get a little bit with Elias. But for the most part, uh, they really tried to distance themselves from the South. And this was kind of a nice change of pace, and I appreciated it. Even though it's completely not my speed, I still dug it, though. It was cool. Uh, It's always good to have King and McMahon back in commentary. That is the – that was the commentary – commentary (laughs) – commentary (laughs) crew that I grew up with. I was always a big Vince and Lawler fan. Those two were always one of my favorites, kind of like – Gorilla and Monsoon, and then you had J.R. and King, uh, Tony Schiavone, and Bobby the Brain. Uh, it, they, just the chemistry they had, obviously, was phenomenal, and it still shows today, or at least back in 1995. <laughs> right, at least in 95. But uh, following up that match, the uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to re-educate myself here. The let's see, the kid missed a dropkick from the second rope. The roadie capitalized with a power bomb, which was a very sloppy looking power bomb, and a power driver from the top of rope. I, I saw that, I kind of cringed. It just did Yo, not look good. That power driver looked trash, too. It was trash, I'm sure he would agree, too. I don't know, like, why you would even try that move just because they're. There's no real good way to perform it. I mean, like, like even today, like, I haven't seen that move done particularly well from the top rope. I mean, like, there is a certain element of danger, and and it it just it just didn't look good. And they showed it on replay too, and I'm like, that's not good. So uh, it had some overall questionable moments, but I I I did enjoy it. Contrary to my criticism. Yeah. All right. Second matchup on the card was Men on a Mission, King Mabel and Surmo versus Razor Ramon. And I believe this was the debut of Savio Vega. Or as Waller called him, Chevy Vega. Dude, he really did call him all kinds of names outside of his name. Yo, Savio Vega, uh, but. Like I said, uh, like I said uh, two weeks ago, maybe the week before as well, I was a huge Savio Vega fan, and I have to throw in the obligatory plug just because it's my company. PCW Ultra, October 18th, Wilmington, California. If if you're anywhere near Southern California, Las Vegas, NorCal, Arizona, anywhere in the Southwest, you got to get your tickets. Go to pcwultra.com to get your tickets for into the void where Mil Muertes, the uh, the man of, of a thousand depths from Lucha Underground, defends the Ultra Championship against one Savio Vega. 
and I am looking forward to seeing that. Uh, it is going to be two, uh, whether people realize it or not, two legends uh, in Latin American wrestling, and they're going to collide October 18th. But Sabio Vega here uh, in, in, you know, in 1995, I, I was a massive fan. And as a kid, I was like, I, I, I couldn't explain why. And now in 2019, being a grown man, I still can't explain it. I like I don't understand why. <laughs> because it because it he's Sabio Vega, man. I I mean yeah, like he's Savio, you know. But I I guess uh, just as a kid, I just had really really wide eyes, and it, well that and I and at the time I was a huge, I mean massive Razor Ramon fan. So anybody Razor was cool with at at the time, I was all in on. So I think that also helped. Uh, this match was was there. You had King Mabel in the midst of his massive monster push um, as King of the Ring, and you had Razor, who could work, and Savio, who was fine, and then, you know, Mo, who was Mo. Uh, hey, Mo. It was there. <laughs> oh, gosh, and I love it. I love it. But yeah, so what'd you think like just what'd you think of this matchup? It was a strong showing for uh Razor and Sabio, I'll give them that much. Uh it it it, it highlighted uh Mabel too uh putting him over since he just did win the King of the Ring and they couldn't really have him lose right after becoming King of the Ring. But Sabio came out looking rather strong with this uh loss. Yeah, um, he looked, you know, as strong as you could look considering what the circumstances yeah. were. But, you know. Sorry, uh, I'm also, I, I'm going to pull back the curtain for a second, too. Also, uh, it is an NFL kickoff, too, and I'm also, uh, I'm a big Packers fan. So, I right yeah. now, I am uh, kind of moonlighting on both here. So, I do apologize, but however... Uh, fourth quarter, twelve thirty-three. Chicago is third and forty on Chicago's twenty-seventh twenty-seventh yard. Third and forty. Wait a minute. This right, is like right, a okay. Madden. This is Madden, man. Wait, dude. So is this like like due to penalties or did you guys just have sacks or fumbles or? They keep going back. Hey, hey, hey. So, so, uh, so, so, how is that Chicago defense? That that was oh so good last year. How they doing tonight? Oh, they're still lighting it up, but their offense sucks horribly. So as long as the offense sucks, I mean, it works for me. I I I I'm gonna ask this just because I'm yeah. not DVRing the the uh, game at all. What's the score currently? Uh, seven three uh, Green Bay. Jeez. Oh, Low scoring affair, very low scoring affair. Uh, it, is, it, it, it is a ground and pound kind of game. Kickoff night in America, and you're getting a snoozer. Uh, but hey, you know. Oh, don't feel bad. Now it's uh, fourth and thirty-one on Chicago's oh. thirty-six. Oh, geez. Back to football, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Back to football. Hey, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a. Uh, 
rough year for my fantasy squad. So, so I, you know, um, most of my players, most of my draftees are Eagles. So we'll see how that goes. Like this, this the success of my, of my depends on the success of my, like, of my favorite team. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how that works out. So, um, back to the right. In Your House show. Men on the Mission, yeah. they were fine, you know, it, it just, you know, for a time they had this this push, and King Mabel specifically had this push. And I, if I recall correctly, Mabel was supposed to get a title match at SummerSlam, right? Like that was the yeah. like that was the condition of winning the King of the Ring, right? Yes, it was. So I so I really don't remember uh, a match between Mabel and the champion at at the show. I don't remember. I don't remember what ended up happening, but. I don't remember Mabel ever receiving a title match. I don't remember but, that either, but, you know, hey. it was the 90s. Oh, it was the 90s, and... You know where yeah, I'm going with this. Have you seen Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling yet? Throwing it out there. Brother. So, brother, I, I'm going to... Okay, you pulled back the curtain. I'm going to pull back the curtain. So, I have not. And the reason <laughs> why is... Uh, even more so than usual, I have very little jump time. Uh, and so between trying to dodge hurricanes uh, uh, and doing my usual uh, my usual gigs of you know of working on wrestling videos for multiple promotions and stuff like that, uh, I I'm also doing video work for the U.S. Open. Uh, so, uh, I'm doing pretty long days, um, watching a whole bunch of tennis, uh, for the last few weeks here. And so I've had very little downtime to watch any wrestling, uh, or more importantly, to spend time with Mrs. Cruz, uh, even more so have time to, Watch Rocco's Modern Life statically. It is still on my to-do list. It it is very high on the to-do list, but I have not as of yet. So blame me all you want, but hopefully by next week, hopefully by this time next week, I will have sat down to to watch this forty-five minute show that I know is is going to make me mad because I'm going to want a full reboot of the entire show. But I'll give it a shot. Thank you. Of course. Moving forward. Uh, so what we what came up next was the debut of Jeff Jarrett and his hit single with my baby tonight. Listen, with my baby tonight, that was my jam, and I find my so no lie, I was watching. Uh, <laughs> so I. I'm going to pull back the curtain even more here. So oh, uh, wow. I was watching this show kind of just between multiple outlets. I had it on my, you know, um, on my Xbox, and then I was watching it 
uh, on my computer, and then I was watching it on my phone. And so, and so the segment with this performance on, I was in the bathroom, and so I was just singing along, and I like you know I was singing and pooping the entire time, just going on about spending my days working hard on the go, like all that kind of stuff. I knew all the words, and it was a grand old time. Ticking too slow. That's it. I, so I, I'm. It it is it is. It it was such uh, a blast from the past to to check out that performance. Like I just got instant flashbacks to to nineteen ninety five, maybe ninety six. It might have been ninety six at the time. Of uh, of sitting down in the middle of blockbuster music and having full metal the album and uh, and it like and, and having them like like handing them the disc to sample tracks and I remember sitting at the little listening stations and singing out loud and being hit by my mom like saying hey don't sing out loud what the heck you doing just singing like just spending all this time singing this song and it just brought so much nostalgia into my mind brought so many memories back and you know how how I was saying a few moments ago how like I I couldn't understand the reason why I why I was just a huge Savio Vega fan as a kid. I like I feel the same way about with my baby tonight because it was incredible. Yeah. I I, it like, I I I just loved it. And I think when we end this show, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna look up this performance again because I want to relive it over and over and over again, because this is by far. And and I'm talking about him doing the whole deal with freaking David Arquette. I'm talking about him doing the things with the uh, Triple Cage, him during the uh, Slapnuts era, him doing all this stuff in TNA, him chilling with Tennessee Lee, riding a horse down to the ring. This is, without question, with my baby tonight, was the greatest thing Jeff Jarrett has ever done. And I will stand on that until the very end. Jeff Jarrett's greatest angle, his greatest accomplishment was this performance, and nothing in this world in his career can stop it. I'm just throwing it out there. I think you, you enjoyed the performance. Yes, yes, I did. Greatest thing on the show by far. Okay. So with that, following that up was none other than Bam Bam Bigelow, who squares off against Henry O. Godwin. Hard. I believe wasn't this the debut of uh, Godwin? Oh, was it? It might have been the pay per view debut. I don't know if he had been wrestling on Raw. Um. Or on superstars, I I think he might have been on on maybe on maybe some syndicated shows, but I believe this was his, his actual pay per view debut. Um, but you know, Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, he was a freshly turned face after uh, splitting from from the Million Dollar Corporation. 
Um, Henry O. Godwin was was still a newcomer, a a newcomer, but he had this gimmick with the slop and and all this kind of stuff. And uh, once again, peak campy WWF. Um, and I've said this on multiple occasions. Bam Bam Bigelow is one of uh, one of the most underrated performers there's ever been. And uh, again, it it was a real pleasure and a real treat to see him. Um, wrestle, you know, in the final years uh, of his career, even if it was against somebody like Henry Godwin, who wasn't per se a bad worker. It was just it you kind of knew what you were going to get. Yeah, you knew you knew what you were going to get for sure. Uh, apparently, it's uh, Bigelow capitalized by rolling up Godwin for the win. The ending was rushed as Godwin sustained a legit injury during the the messed up uh, knee drop. So I did. So I watched that and and I was wondering like, is he just selling? But no, no, it, he 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 was really hurt apparently. So. Um, Sucks for him. I don't know how long he was out for, but uh, is it now, now? I'm trying to think. He, whenever he came back, that's when he came back with um, oh, with uh, can't think of his name. Phineas, Phineas right? Phineas. Phineas yeah. I Godwin. <laughs> Hog and pig. I just Did got you just that right now. Together. I well so 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 I knew hog but pig I didn't I, like that I didn't get until right now mine completely blocked wow welcome yeah welcome. <laughs> hey hey uh, you, I'm a my mind is racing so much that sometimes I am a little slow sometimes just a little bit you know in this case only 24 years slow no 14 no 20 no. How many years has it been? Don't do the math. I, I look. Hey, I'm an English guy. Look, I write. I don't do math. Twenty-five years. Twenty? No. Yeah, twenty-five years. Twenty something. However long it's been, I'm slow like that. Coming up next. Coming up next. The following match was Jeff Jarrett accompanied by the roadie as he defended his Intercontinental Championship against the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Match of the night and right here. And the fun part is, after completing this match, literally that night, WWE uh, on Facebook had Michaels, uh, Road Dog, and Jarrett sit down and review this particular match on Facebook. So I was like, oh, man. It was a sign, and they knew that we were reviewing in your houses, so they had to go back and rewatch this match. All because of us. Thank you. You're welcome. So, so I actually, so like you totally just blew my mind because I didn't even know that was an actual thing. So, um, one, thanks for letting me know because I would have loved to have watched it. Is is this on on table for three or is it available? No, it's like just, just on their Facebook. Man, all right. So I'm gonna. I will go back uh, and I will tag it for you and share it amongst the WWE universe or the Atomic Droppers or the Bombers or our universe or whatever the hell we call you guys nowadays. This is true. 
I I'd love to see it because uh, this was unquestionably the match of the night. Now we talked about you know two weeks ago in your house one had that classic with Bret Hart and Hakushi. This one was a different kind of style. Uh, uh, you know, Jeff Jarrett had that classic old school Memphis style. It's going to be slow. It's going to be a, a lot of uh, a lot of heel cheating. You know, heel chicanery, all kinds of these bad bad guy tactics and, and stuff like that. And then he had Sean, who's uh, not quite a white meat baby face just because he had a few somewhat heelish moments as well, but they were placed um, uh, in opposition to Jarrett's cheating as well. So, so it kind of worked for the circumstance. But you can see just how over Shawn Michaels was and just how electric the crowd was. And then when you contrast that, and it's no – fault of SIDS or no real fault of Diesel, but this was one of the first times I remember seeing Shawn Michaels being being received just kind of as a top guy, even though he wasn't positioned in that way. You know, um, you know, I I never really understood. Um, the whole Shawn Michaels Dolph Ziggler comparison as far as being being more popular than your push until watching this particular matchup. Seeing how hot the crowd was for everything Shawn did in comparison to, to, to other baby faces on the show, it it was just completely different. And uh it was really something to behold and Shawn Michaels, he did his darn like like, he, he, he did everything he could to get a really good match out of Jeff Jarrett. And, you know, Jeff held his own, too. But uh, it was a really good match, match of the night. By far, it was not even close. And, of course, it's for the, the most prestigious championship in WWE history, which is the Intercontinental title. Like, I, I, I think that there is – that the – the IC title is more prestigious than the universal title, than the WWE championship. I mean, certainly in WWE history, the IC title means historically more than any other title in history. You know what? Let me tell you something, brother. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Best Intercontinental Champion of all time, Honky Tonk Man. I still stand behind that. Todd Orndorff has not come back and challenged me at all on that, so I still stand behind my statement that Honky is the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. I love Mr. Perfect. Don't get me wrong. He was by mm-hmm. far one of my personal favorite wrestlers that I looked up to, but you can't hold a candle to the reign of the Honky Tonk Man. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yes, but match of the night, uh, Jared performed a crossbody. Yes. Oh, sorry. Sorry, brother. I was was uh was actually just taking a huge gulp of water when you said that. <laughs> hey, you 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 claim Honky Tonk Man is the greatest IC champ of, of all time, and and to be fair, you you've held that claim for as long as this show has been on the air. So. 
So you stick to your guns, and I certainly do appreciate that. The IC title has a long line, has a huge lineage of, uh, of, of Hall of Famers and of uh, other legends who 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 just been um, who just completely revolutionized this sport in one way or another. The IC title uh, it it's been my favorite title since the beginning, you know. Um, and Shawn Michaels becoming the Intercontinental Championship, excuse me, becoming the Intercontinental Champion on this night, and. Uh, and he got a pretty darn good match out of Jeff Jarrett. So congrats to them both, uh, and I'm glad we got to relive it from In Your House number two. Really? Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, joking aside here. Yeah. Aside, uh, Jared performed a crossbody, getting a near fall in the process. The finish to the match came when the roadie accidentally tripped Jarrett. Jarrett got up only to walk to Michael's super kick. Michael's pinned him and became the Intercontinental Champion as the place went crazy. It was rece- revealed later in the show that Jarrett and the roadie were involved in a backstage confrontation with each other, signaling an end to their on-screen friendship. And to follow that up, I believe it was after our next match with uh, Yoko and Owen with Jane Z and Mr. Fuji uh, going against the the Allied Powers. uh, We saw one spastic Doc Hendricks. Explaining what was happening with Rhodey and Jarrett. Uh, It was a little too over the top and too cornball for my liking. I mean, Doc Hendricks just overall was a very over-the-top character, but, you know, Vince loved his over-the-top cartoony characters. And uh, and when you had, you know, something oh, as... Dude, when you had something as over-the-top as a Double J Jeff Jarrett country... Double J Jeff Jarrett country singer gimmick, that is over-the-top enough. When you have the roadie whose gimmick is... He's a roadie. That's pretty over the top. Like it's another one of those occupational gimmicks that 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 Vince loves, you know. And when you have those two, you know, working together on arguably Jarrett's greatest night as an entertainer, you know, um, wrestling, singing, performing, all that kind of stuff, it's a massive deal. You know, and 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 it and so Doc had to sell it majorly. I'm sure you know Vince was was probably screaming in his ear from you know from ringside, you know, saying sell it, sell it, kid, sell it, kid. You know, and and then, and, the so, Jared, and then the Jared sat there and pushed the roadie, and the roadie pressed the Jared, and then all of a sudden there was words exchanged, and then all of a sudden the door slammed, and then I got locked out. I can't tell you what's going on right now, but, but by God, there's something going on with the roadie, and I think they 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 just quit right now. I don't know. I think they just quit. There's a breakup. There's a breakup happening between the roadie and Jeff Jarrett. Legitimately, that is exactly how it sounds. That is not some kind of 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 of, of weird over the top. Dramatization like that is legit how Doc Hendrick sounded, and so uh, it was completely over the top. 
so much so that that I thought that it was going to be revealed within the next few weeks that it was all a ruse, just with how how over the top it was. But no, they ended up breaking up, and and the truth would be revealed as far as Jeff Jarrett, uh, perhaps not being uh, the greatest singer like he claimed. Although I will say just a little side note about the Jeff Jarrett performance and just the whole setup that night. I really enjoyed the band, like the live band performing Jeff Jarrett's theme. Uh, yeah, that each time he, yeah, man, I dug that, you know, it, it reminded me of the Slammy Awards where, where, where they had, you know, had the live band there to like play all the, all the wrestler themes. Like I, I still want that to return. I I don't know when they would ever do it, but have a live band there performing all the wrestling themes. You know, I know they don't have Jim Johnson anymore. I don't believe they have CFOs anymore. So whoever is making their music. Say it again? I thought the CFOs were still there. No, I, I... so I don't believe there's been in, any sort of official announcement, but I don't believe the CFOs have created uh, anything with WWE. I think since probably since um, right around Mania, may, maybe right after, maybe even right before. I it, it's not it's not. Uh, I don't have it well, inside now. According to the ever-reliable Wikipedia page, it says that they are still active with WWE. Wikipedia is Wikipedia, and anybody can edit that. Uh, as far as I, as far as I know, CFOs, they they are not creating themes for WWE superstars anymore. They might have a a relationship as far as they might create, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some of the background, you know, themes and the bumpers and stuff like that you might hear during commercials or, or, you know, right. during some promo videos. But as far as, you know, as creating, you know, classic themes like Nakamura's theme or, or the bank, look, I think Undisputed Era's theme is a banger. Uh, I don't think they are creating themes like that. For them anymore, I could be wrong, and I could just be spreading baseless speculation. But based on things I've seen and people I know and people I've talked to and uh, places and you know sites I frequent, uh, they're they're not a thing anymore. That relationship yeah. is not is no longer a thing. Moving forward, uh, next matchup was Owen Hart and Yokozuna versus the Allied Powers, Lex Luger and British Bulldog. Uh, kind of an odd pairing, but I get the pairing of Luger and Bulldog. Uh, I'm sure there is a very reliable backstory as to how those two got together, but I did not go back and watch it. I just kind of pretty much strictly just stick to the In Your Houses. It was a okay match. Uh, we did see the, uh, the tearing apart of one heart in Yokozuna. Yes, there was a little bit of miscommunication going on there, but they were able to put their differences aside 
And following a back suplex, the referee ordered Bulldog, who wasn't the legal man, out of the ring. Hart hit uh, Hart hit the uh, distracted Luger with a double axe handle from the top row, allowing Yoko to pin Luger with a leg drop. So, um, just on the note of the Allied Powers forming, um, it just kind of happened relatively organically. Uh, I, I think the British Bulldog wrestled a match on Raw or you know some random show, and I and I believe this stemmed from a feud that uh, one or both of them was having with members of the Million Dollar Corporation, who was the uh, lead heel stable at the time, and I want to say that. Uh, you know, one guy came to the other guy's rescue. Uh, a week or two later, the the other guy returned the favor, and then they just kind of teamed up, and, you know, they were dubbed the Allied Powers, you know, the USA and Britain. That makes so much sense now. As a child, I did not understand because I, cause I hadn't had world history yet. But, um, <laughs> you know, but it, it kind of made sense. It's cheesy, but it does make sense. Uh, I don't think they were they were together that long. Like they might have only been a team for maybe like eight or nine months. Just because, as we all know, in September, as as a matter of fact, didn't we just pass the anniversary of Nitro? Because I Today? think the first episode of Nitro was in what, 1995, today? and I think it was, like, September. I, I don't know if it was today. Was it today? I want to say it was today. At least that's what came up on my news feed. Se- September 5th, two, uh, 1995? Here we go. Let's go to the ever-reliable Wiki- or, uh, Wikipedia right here. The very, very first episode of Nitro was uh, September 4th. Oh, it was yesterday. I'm sorry. September 4th, 1995. We're a day late. September 4th, yesterday, was the debut or the anniversary of the premiere of WWE Nitro, a show that completely changed the game. I mean, it was massive. So, um, but... But but yeah, like as we all know, Lex Luger, you know, fired the first shot in the war between WCW and the WWF. So that tag team, the Allied Powers, was wasn't long for uh, for uh, a super long reign. But I enjoyed their work together, you know, so much as I dug Lex Luger's work, which for me in like it just. There was something about him in the WWF that just never clicked. In WCW, he just worked better. And I don't know what it was. Maybe he just – I, I don't know. Like, he – he this, this might seem funny, but, but Luger probably seemed, at least to me, a little more motivated which you would think would be the complete opposite just because WWE had guaranteed contracts. But Luger looked more relaxed. He looked like he was ha- having more fun. Plus, 
Luger didn't have the distinction of being the Hulk Hogan replacement. Correct. And I think and and I think he never he never shook that. You know, because Vince firmly wanted him in that spot. We know about the Lex Express and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and he 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 never looked he never looked comfortable. You know, in W or in WCW, he was just the total package. He could just go in, torture rat guys, beat them in you know in two to three minute, rel- relatively squash matches, get in, get out, and go home. And that and that kind of swagger, that sort of confidence, just never showed itself in the WWF. I say all of that to say that this was a fine match. It was okay. Um, Yokozuna, by this point, was carrying a lot of weight. Um, he would still even, like, even get bigger, um, but he was slow. Um, you know, oh, Owen did the best he could. Um, Jim Cornette at ringside, Mr. Fuji at ringside, you know, they're doing all, you know, all their shenanigans, um, you know, trying to keep this match interesting, uh, you know, f- from a star power perspective, they, they had all the names there, but just in ring, it, you know, if we're strictly talking work rate, it wasn't all there. But honestly, with the exception of the, uh, of, of the last match of the, uh, Michaels and Jarrett match, no match here really had great work rate on this card. But it was fine. Part of the course. All right. So then, believe it or not, there was a co-main event. Did you know this? A co-main event? Yes. Uh, no. What? What is this co-main event? Uh, according to the ever-reliable Wikipedia, uh, this was followed by the co-main event, which a casket match between The Undertaker, accompanied by Paul Bearer, and Kamala, accompanied by Ted DiBiase. Kamala attempted to perform The Undertaker's finishing move, The Tombstone, but The Undertaker reversed it, chokeslamming Kamala. The Undertaker then performed a big boot to Kamala, sending him into the casket, meaning The Undertaker had won the match. All right, so two things. Number one, it's comma, and, uh, and oh, I thought it was you know, I'm sorry, I completely misread that. <laughs> comma, I completely uh, yes, comma Mustafa. And at the time, I believe Kamala was actually in WCW. He was part of the um, oh, he was against the uh, oh, what did Kevin Sullivan call his thing? He called his stable the um. Oh, I can't think of the name of the uh, of the group. I I keep wanting to say the the Dangerous Alliance, but it's not that because there was no Paul Heyman. Um, but uh, the Dungeon of Doom, that he he's part of the Dungeon of Doom. That absolute abysmal stable, and it's none of their fault. It, it's just you Hogan needed guys to to fight off. So it's fine. But yeah, Kamala was, was, was knee deep in, in, in trying to fight off Hulkamania 
in WCW. Incredible stuff. But this Undertaker and Kama match is not on the network version. I don't know if it's available anywhere right now. Um, Maybe I on remember VHS only. It might have been only on VHS. I'm curious to see this match just because um, I wanted because I want to say I've seen pretty much all un- Undertaker casket matches, um, but I don't I don't remember seeing this one. And if it's not available on the network, then I would love to track this down. So any of our uh, listeners here, if you want to drop a link. You know, find us on Instagram or, you know, like, or hit us up on Facebook, the Atomic Drop Show, and link us to this match because I would love to see it. Yeah, you have ways to get a hold of us. We're around. We are around. We definitely are. So that was a heck of a co-main event. I don't believe it it was shown on the pay-per-view um, because keep it, cause we have to keep in mind that these shows we're limited to a two-hour block of time. And I know on the network feed, I think we were right up against two hours. I think we, we were at like a, an hour 55. Hour. So, well, according to the results here, there was three dark matches. It was Skip with Sonny defeating Alda Montoya, Bret Hart versus Jean-Paul Lafayette, or Lafitte, and then Taker That's PCO, versus, by the way. What's that? I said, that's PCO, by the way. Sorry. And then Taker... No, 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 no. It's cool. Uh, it says here, uh, there was one more dark match at the arena, the pay-per-view... Uh, went off the air. It was uh, later part of the In Your House video release from Coliseum Video. Bret Hart versus Jean Jean Pierre. Uh, Pierre held control for most of the match, but Hart gained the advantage near the end. With Pierre missed a driving crossbody, Hart capitalized, pinning with a roll-up. Yeah, so I I don't. I don't know if if I've ever seen a lot of these unreleased, uh, you know, in-your-house matches. Um, I would love to see them release, you know, some of these matches in a collection on the network um, because, uh, you know, unless we're talking about, you know, these Coliseum video releases, I don't think they've been seen. And I know WWE's infrastructure and they have – Cotillions of, of 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 files and I, like it, it it has to be tens of thousands, hundreds of hours, might even cross into the millions with 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 all of the um with all of the companies and the entire libraries they have. We we're talking tons and tons of footage, tons of hours of footage, and you know. If I wanted to see this casket match or if I wanted to see Jean-Pierre Lafitte, the future PCO, go up against Brett the Hitman Hart, then, hey, like, I want to see it, you know? 
But not to be done is our main event. It was Diesel versus Sid in a lumberjack match. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, we haven't really been been talking about all of the all of the in between, uh, you know, promos and such. You know, we talked a little bit about the uh, Jeff Jarrett and uh, Rhodey uh, Doc Hendricks thing, but you know, um, you know. Throughout the night, we had you know Diesel cutting promos, and and then we had Sid cutting a promo. And like I said earlier, like there was just something really special about Sid, and he scared the crap out of me. And there was a certain presence during this 1995, 96. He kind of lost it by 97, but 95, 96, Sid. Just presence-wise, he just made you believe that he was just legitimately crazy. And maybe it was just because I was smaller and I was still new in my fandom, but I, like, he didn't come off cheesy. Even watching it, you know, when I did over the past few weeks, it, it didn't really come off as cheesy, at least for me. It came off just a little, like, there was... Like, even if you could tell he was playing a character, it didn't seem like it was all character. It seemed like there was just just a little bit off, just a little bit, that just made him, like, that just made you kind of just wince a little bit. And, uh, yeah, Sid, for all of the complaints levied against him, um, for all of the things people said about him for all of the things he's remembered for positive and not so positive. Uh, his presence has always been a highlight for me. And uh, I, and, and I thought that for the last two decades and seeing it on this show, it confirms it. And uh, yeah, dude was crazy. And I freaking loved him. Like I, I, I loved him. I really did. I mean, he's still alive, but like just when he was wrestling, just it was an awesome character. Yes. But uh, believe it or not, the that match, the painful lumberjack match, only lasted ten minutes, and it it felt like it lasted That's it? an eternity. That's a gosh, ten minutes. No way! No, 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 no. Ten nah, minutes nah, and nah. six seconds. Nah, 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 nah. That thing, that thing lasted like, like, like forty minutes. That thing went forever. <laughs> nah, I refuse to believe that. Who, 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 who said that? Who, who put that time on there? Who, 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 who? That was uh, Wikipedia. Look, Wikipedia is wrong. All right, they might be wrong on everything else, but they wrong there. Ten, Ten minutes and six seconds. No, no, that thing went, went, that thing went over an hour. They did a one fall lumberjack Iron Man match. That's what they did. Cause that mug went on yeah. for days. <laughs> it honestly did. Gosh. It, yeah. I so, think we said the same thing about uh, the last time they wrestled. It went on for days. 
so there was something, and and you know what? I said this last week, or uh, on the on our last show covering in your house one. You know, people, you know, ask, you know, hey, like, you know, how did WCW do it? You know, like it made no sense. Uh, you know, uh, or the only reason why WCW was so successful was because they had Ted Turner's money and it was on his network. And then all I have to do now, after watching these two shows and and watching these two main events, all, all I got to do is, is show them you had Sid versus Diesel in your main event. Now, it's not like the WWF had amazing talent up and down the card. There were some duds, but you did have Brett. You, you did have Sean. You, you had Owen, which I know perception-wise in the company, it's not the same. Um, you, you, you had Razor. Diesel could work with the right opponent. You had Hakushi. You had Jarrett, who had value. Um, uh, you know, you had, um, uh, uh, man, I'm, I'm, like, you had the one, two, three kid. You had, um, just a multitude of talent enough, e- enough talent that that you can keep in the, you know, at the top. Even Bam Bam, Bam Bam, like, was really good, but you had Sid a slow plotting guy who wasn't going to give you very much in the ring. Yep. His presence was mm-hmm. awesome, but in the ring just just it it kind of fell apart. And Diesel, you know, Kevin Nash uh he can play that big man really really well. But the only way a big man can 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 work really well is if you're the only one. But Sid was a big man. Big man versus big man matchups in wrestling do not work. I, I, I say this with all due respect, and yes, you know, we had, uh, had one of Big Show's last matches, Big Show and Braun Strowman, you know, uh, what, in, in a steel cage from Monday Night Raw, what, like a, a year ago, however long ago it was, they had a gimmick because they needed a gimmick. If you take two big guys whose whose offense is basically, hey, I'm just going to stand here and sell while a smaller guy tries to knock me down, you can't work a good match out of two guys with those similar, quote-unquote, movesets. And this is what we saw here with Diesel and Sid. And this was just atrocious. And they tried it to was. put this gimmick of the lumberjacks, but it 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 just it didn't work. It did not work. It 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 could not hold my attention. Thankfully, I wasn't uh, like thankfully I was done in the bathroom just because I would have fell asleep on the toilet because this match was this uninteresting to me. With all due respect to both kids. To, to both guys, to everybody involved, couldn't hold it just sucked. It really did. Yeah, short answer, it sucked. 
Diesel performed a big boot, pinning Sid to retain the championship. Diesel celebrated with a lumberjack after the match ended. And that is that for In Your House 2. Kyle, how would you rate In Your House 2, the lumberjacks? So I'm going to take a step back because WWF, and, and, you know, like, I'm a production guy, so I have to give them props. Uh, in 1995, In Your House went off the air, and they immediately went into one of those, like, post-show recap packages that they used to do for WrestleMania. And they did it on this random two-hour In Your House show, and it was pretty good. So I have to give them all the credit in the world just just because you're under a huge time crunch to do it. Uh, and, you know, it's bad enough when you're doing it with 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 2019, uh, uh, you know, technology. 1995 technology, that is even rougher. So for as much crap as Kevin Dunn and the whole production team can get, I have to give them their props on that particular night. To answer your question, to answer your question, I would give this show, and I'm looking at this with rose-colored glasses due to, like, just with what it was at the time. I'm trying to look at it at the time. I would say a seven- I say a seven. Um, and okay. I'm not talking about, and I'm not talking about match quality. I'm talking about happenings. I'm talking about important stuff that happened. You had Shawn Michaels becoming the Intercontinental Champion. That was massive. You had Diesel um, keeping the WWF Championship, and you know teasing a match with Mabel at SummerSlam, that was a happening. That was something to look forward to. You obviously had Jeff Jarrett's star-making performance, which kind of created this, 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 this cool kind of an atmosphere, and it added a certain layer to the Jarrett character. Um, and, you know, it was, it, it, it was a happening, you know? Um, other than that, though, the matches weren't great, but no matches were really great in that era. Um, you got to see, you know, the Allied Powers and Yoko and Owen. You know, they they had they had a match. You know, you had, um, you know, Mabel continuing his dominance. You had, you know, Sabio Vega look strong in a defeat. It, it was like it was kind of a mixed bag, but I think as far as moments you can remember, I think it was a pretty good job considering the the talent they had at the time. They did one of the best shows they could under this concept of we're not going to give you like we're not going to give you all the good matches. This event is going to be just one step above raw squash matches. And if you take it from that lens, if you transform yourself back into the mid-90s, 
for what it is, I give it a seven. It it's a seven point zero. Like it is like one notch above six point nine as far as like not passing or barely passing. But it's a seven for me. All right. I, I would you, have to. I was uh, thinking of seven as well. Uh, for the time period, it definitely was a seven. Uh, you knew what you were getting into with all that uh, hokey stuff. But uh, Shawn Michaels and Jarrett stole the show with their match, which you, which you will see. You will sit there and steal the show almost every night, almost like a Ziggler. Yeah. You also had, uh, was it uh, the one, two, three kid and roadie? They put on a very good uh, secondary. I believe that one would, I would consider it be uh, the uh, second match of the night. I like, I venture to say that too. Yeah. Uh, so I, look, maybe it was about it. Xbox, you know, for, for as much as he, you know, gets this, this, this was an Xbox heat and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, like you and I both lived through it. You know, uh, we lived through the height of Xbox heat, and you know, like I, like I had my phase where I didn't want to see him mostly during X Factor. Uh, you know, because who wanted to, to see, like, who wanted to see X Factor like that? Like that was pretty stupid. Um, but that notwithstanding, um, he could work, and Road Dog was very entertaining, and even though he was more character than uh, serious in-ring technician uh, at the time, he kind of never really <laughs> evolved past that. Um, but Road Dog knew how to get the most out of, like, of his character. So they had, uh, a, had, had a pretty good match, plus they – they put it at the top of the pay-per-view portion of, of the show, so it kind of worked out to their advantage as well. Um, it, it, was a, it was a good show for the time period, for the time period. If you watch it today with today's lenses, you would hate it because it's boring. But at the time, it's pretty good. Agreed. Agreed. So that leaves us to uh, next week's uh, pay-per-view, WWF In Your House 3, Triple Header, which was coming from you live from the uh, Sin... I'm going to butcher this one. The uh, Saginaw Civic Center out in Saginaw, Michigan. Saginaw, bro. Saginaw. Saginaw. Yes, yes, yes. It's It's almost midnight here. So, uh, yeah, nothing makes sense anymore. But I'm uh, here too, brother. Main, I get it. The main event is Diesel and Michaels versus Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Three belches. Three belches. Oh, Jesus Christ. Three belts, one match. Oh, gosh. Oh, this isn't going to be good. Okay. All right. Well. Um. Wow. So there you go. There you go. Uh, that's going to be interesting. It was 
six matches on the pay-per-view. However, ten matches were advertised. Yeah. Um, so I so I want to just find the card. I don't want to see the the results. So I'm going to look up cage match, and let's see here. So the card. Let's see here. Uh, oh gosh, Razor Ramon versus Dean Douglas. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow versus the British Bulldog. Henry O. Godwin versus Sid. Wait a minute, Sid. Wow, he fell down the roster. Hold on. Yeah, wait. All right, wait. So, so, so Sid fell like fell down the roster, and Henry Godwin is a face now. Okay, whatever. It's been well, he can change his mind on the moment. Yeah, that's it. Savio Vega versus Waylon Mercy. Uh oh. So just check the dark matches. You have King Mabel versus The Undertaker. Uh, Ahmed Johnson versus Skip. Or Skip. Fatu making a difference versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And Bob Holly versus Goldust. There you go. That's a solid card right there. The dark matches are far more interesting than the main roster. I'm saying, like, really, like, WWE Network, they need to get these dark matches up because, cause I, you know, I, like, I kind of want to see, you know, I kind of want to see, you know, Ahmed Johnson versus Skip, you know, and I want to see, see, see Fatu get some pay-per-view time before he oh. became, you know, Rikishi, man, I want to see all this, dude, it, it's, it's, you know, oh, uh, and Bret Hart versus Jean-Pierre Lafitte. That is so on the main here, show. The portion of the show featured six matches in total, and the WWF held four additional matches that were seen by people at the arena. With the launch of the network in 2014, the pay-per-view section became available to subscribers to view on demand. Yes. That's and that's what we are using to watch. The pay-per-view yes. ver- versions are available, but the but the dark matches are not. So I don't know no. if we need to start some kind of some kind of petition. You know, uh, you know, uh, I I think we should start a petition. We might have to throw in a little bit of the bubbly, uh, you a little know, bit of the bubbly. And, and and uh, you know we need to make sure we get all these matches up just because some, you know some of these sound like 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 real bangers by nineteen ninety five cents by ninety five cents. That's right. All right. Well, four. Do you have anything else to add before I cut us off? Uh, I don't really have too much to add. Not really. Uh, I. I think that there is a lot in wrestling right now. Um, there is a lot of division. There is a lot of uh, there is a lot of scuttlebutt and talk about AEW and how polarizing they are um, about what WWE is doing. But WWE is doing really good stuff. AEW is doing 
good stuff. You you have Impact making moves. You have Ring of Honor making moves. You have New Japan continuing their expansion. Um, there's a lot of good stuff happening right now. MLW has a show. Uh, I believe it's this Saturday night. Shout out to right. Pressure Unit. Um, but, uh, you know, like, there, there, there's a lot of good going on in wrestling. There is, there is a ton, and like I was saying earlier, there is no reason why if you are a wrestling fan, you have to be disgruntled. There is yeah. wrestling for everybody at every single level, so I just say enjoy it. Uh, go support your local indie fed, whether it is uh, in upstate New York, whether it is in Orlando, Florida, whether it's in Southern California, whether it's in uh, in in uh, some small town in Montana, go and support your local indie. Go and support wrestling because these guys, every single person involved in the process, whether it's in the ring or behind the behind the camera or behind the curtain, uh, they do a lot to put it on. So just support wrestling and enjoy it, man. It's not going to get go. much better than this. So just... Just keep enjoying it, man. All Go right. right. And with that, and with that, there's only one thing left to do. What's that? Oh, yeah. Oh, the shot of the man, day. I, I was wondering, like, when this was coming, man. I got my jack here trying to, you know, it was taking me a lot to not have it. While Jimmy Z, while Jimmy Z was just carrying on, so so let's do this thing. I feel that this week shout of the day nominee is none other than Mr. Bubble himself, Mr. Chris Jericho, <laughs> not for winning the AEW Championship, but for going into Longhorn Steakhouse blatantly drunk and then losing his championship belt. Yeah. Chris Jericho, man. Heck, heck of a week. Heck of a few a few days here. Becoming a, a meme and going around and, and, and losing a $30,000 championship title. Uh, it was apparently rediscovered, right? Uh, now, okay, so the latest thing I saw was that it it was like left on on the side of a road. I don't know like how true this is. Like the legend grows just because I've heard a ton of stories about what actually happened, and I don't know what it was. But the fact that he that he lost the title just hours after he won it is hilarious, and that is definitely deserving of our shot of the day. All right, we pour this booze and we drink this booze because we think it's yummy. Yeah. So over the tongue and down the throat to party in our tummies. Down the hola, bitchola. Leo. All right. Oh, With yeah. That, yeah that oh, it does. And it, this hits the spot and also the end of our show. For Kyle Cruz. I am just in time, and we will see you next week for In Your House 3, Triple Header. Come on, Bubbly. See you!